Welcome back to We Can Do Epic Things. Today's episode is the one where we get rich. Mm. In the room today is um, me, Carly Strauss, uh, professional learning facilitator, Douglas County School District. I also have with me Lindsay Bednar, professional learning specialist as well. And we have Mark Walling with us today. And what is your official job title? Uh, it's changed a couple times this oh, year. Really? We had to shorten it because it used to be the longest job title in the district. So now it is the executive director for grants and accountability. Oh, and that's that's, a that's short the short version. That's the short version. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Because like it didn't fit on a name tag or something. We shorted for AGPM, but okay. Grants and accountability. Grants Perfect. and accountability. All right. Well, and now you can see why this is the episode where we get rich. Right. Uh, Lindsay, um, I understand you're training for a pretty big race coming up. Tell I, us a little bit about I that. I am. Yes. Yeah. So I am running the Mammoth 50K on Saturday. So shout out to the Mammoth Trail Fest. And yeah, so it'll be about 30, I don't know, 32 miles. That's a 50K. 31-ish. Yeah, with a little bit of climbing in there. So It'll take a couple hours. And How much is the little bit of climbing? I think... For those of us that don't do what Lindsay Well, it's does. not as much as what Mark just did. Um, I think there's about 10, 8 or 10,000 feet of climbing. The hardest part about this one is that it goes up to 11,000 feet. So mm. we start in the town of Mammoth yeah. and then run up to where the gondola is. So it's high and elevation. And then back down. So yeah, that, starts at 8 and goes up to 11. That makes it tough. Really hard. Going yeah, you start tasting tough. pennies. Mm-hmm. 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 It's tough. So I might be walking a little slow on Monday. Okay. There's nothing wrong with that. No. That's a badge of honor. Because so. Mark came out of his office today yeah, walking I'm, a little slow. I'm mm-hmm. hobbling a little bit. I just got back from Killington, Vermont. For a Spartan race, it was mm. an, an ultra beast. It was a 50K. Okay. So just short of 32 miles and a, a little bit less than 16,000 feet of gain. Oh, my gosh. So up and down and up But and that's down. not just running. That's also... 63 obstacles, I think they said. Wow. So, and some of the... Like, tell us maybe like a couple of those obstacles. What are they? Like the best and the worst. Like, what's the one you absolutely hate? Ooh. So it kind of depends. Okay. I, personally, I love the obstacles. I think they're so fun. Okay. It's, it's an equalizer because I'm not... Oh. I'm not a huge runner. You you might hear 50K, but I'm not a huge runner. Mm. I like doing all of it. And so, you know, you'll do anything from crawling under barbed wire and rolling through mud and dunking under walls to climbing over things. Um, this last one, they had an, an obstacle called Ape Hanger. That was a lot of fun. So you have to climb up a rope, like back in the old mm. days in a gym class. Gym. Yeah. yeah. So you had to climb a rope. And then at the top of the rope had, it was like an A-frame monkey bar basically. Oh, so you have metal oh. rungs on ropes and you had to climb up and climb back down and it was a great time. How do so, you, like, don't your hands get slippery? Uh, they can and they do. You know, there's some races. There was one earlier this year in Montana. They called it Mudtana because it was raining on us the whole time. Oh gosh. Oh, and every obstacle brutal. was wet and slimy, but this one, it was pretty good. I would say the weather was pretty Goldilocks as far as a uh, Spartan race is concerned. So. Wow. And how long did it take? This year it took me 11 hours and 21 minutes. It's a long day. So it's wow. a long day. It's a long day out there. Yep. No wonder your legs are a little sore today. A yeah. little sore. Uh, I ran 2.5 miles this morning, so nice. you're welcome, both of you. I hate to put you to shame, but uh, yeah, no, no, not for me. N- nothing that extreme for me. Um, 
Lindsay, uh, I understand you've been spending a little time in kindergarten. Oh my gosh. And um, Lindsay has a story. Uh, it, usually we end with you can't make this up, but we got to start with you can't make this up in Lindsay's world today. Yeah. Uh, because I was laughing so hard. So um, share it, Lindsay. Okay, so I was in kindergarten two weeks ago, I think it was. And it was the first time where in this job, I was like, I miss teaching kindergarten. Mm -hmm. Like, oh man, I want to be back in the classroom. So I was in kindergarten, and it was Friday, Friday afternoon at 2.30. I mean, if you know anything about kindergarten, Friday at 2.30, it's rough. It's real rough. So they're all sitting on the carpet, and in kindergarten, uh, not everyone's aware that their pants are maybe like a little bit down, and like their butt crack's hanging out. Yeah. I don't know how to say it. That's exactly what's happening. So there's two kids. One's in the back row, and one's in front of him. And the kid in the back row... I see him, he gets his finger out, his like pointer finger, and he puts it up. And I see him going toward the kid's butt crack in front of him. Like he's going to stick it in. And I was like, oh, oh, put our hands up. We're going to put our hands up. Okay, cross them together, put oh them in gosh. our lap. And he like looks at me and shakes his head. And I was like, all right, good. Okay, we're good. Go back to what I'm doing. And then he gets his finger out again. I'm like, no, 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 no. Give yourself a hug, everybody. Give yourself a hug. Because I was like, the kid in front of him is going to get quite a surprise when uh -huh. he gets a finger stuck in his butt crack yep. so, and then the whole class will be off task but I'm like this is something that you don't not one college professor tells no. you no you plan your lesson you're like this is going to be great you don't think you're going to have to tell someone to keep your hands to yourself and not put it in another person's body part and two clever ways to handle the same problem mm -hmm. without making it embarrassing for anyone involved oh, right um, and th this is the nuance of teaching that no one knows about right like <laughs> To be aware enough to see it, also, there's that. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of stuff that goes into this. Because, like, that's happening, but then there's, like, ten other well, things yeah. going down. And, right. and this kid just, it was so tempting for him. How like, many oh, of us no, no. in our careers have had those moments where you say, man, I wish I had written these things down. Right? I should really write this stuff down. You, you never thought you'd say that in a class when you are teaching. You're never. Like, hmm, okay, Instead, we read books like, why didn't I learn that in college? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I have always said that I think that's what teachers need to write down. We would make the best book, like a, yes. an encyclopedia of all the things that happen, all the things you never thought you'd say out loud. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't, well, so that, and all the things, like the notes and the things that we get. Oh my gosh, it's priceless. It, it really is. is. It it's is. totally priceless. So, well, that's um, true stories from kindergarten. Uh, For a moment, I wanted to go back, and then I was like, wait, that's all day. <laughs> <laughs> I lasted 2.30 to 3, and I was like, I'm out. Yeah, I get funny. to be the fun aunt, and then I'm done. Done, right? <laughs> so, um, well, thanks for sharing, Lindsay. Um, yeah. We're going to go ahead and get started with the with um, getting rich, because we got to get to this, We need to right? get rich. Uh, all right, Mark. So, all right. Um, tell us your two truths and a lie, and we're going to try and guess. This took me a little bit. Okay. Yeah, it's hard. I feel like I've known you guys for a while, so this took me a little bit to come up with. Um... All right, so I have been on ESPN. Mm. Someone else said this in there. Heather Hoyle. Yeah. Okay. I didn't hear that one. Okay. So ESPN. I'm not copying. Nope. Um, Hers was a cheerleading competition that she was in. In uh, Definitely not copying. Yeah, so. The first wooden bat that I ever owned was a signed wooden bat from a major league ball player. Mm. Also happened to be the first one I ever broke. Oh. Anybody that knows anything about swinging a wood bat? Yep. Okay. And I have been skydiving with the Golden Knights. Oh, geez. Oh. <laughs> this is not going to be good. I 
have no idea. Yeah, I'm pretty much a, I, I, I want to believe the bat. I know you're a big baseball guy. So I want to believe you have a bat that that's, you had a wooden signed bat that you broke. That's the classic kid story. I yeah. Don't know. It's like a sandlot, you know, you yeah. like threw the baseball that was signed by whoever <laughs> over the fence. Ruth. Yes. Yeah, that, I was like, wait, it's someone. <laughs> um, I think the, the skydiving, well, I don't know. Cause I, who are the Golden Knights? Golden oh, Knights is the hockey. army parachute oh. team. U.S. Army parachute team. Okay, I'm thinking like the Vegas Golden Knights hockey team. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is... And that's where I'm envisioning, like, how is Mark skydiving with the Vegas Golden Knights? And why are the Golden Knights, who have million-dollar contracts... They shouldn't be skydiving. Skydiving. That sounds dangerous. Okay, so who are they? So it's the U.S. Army parachute team. Okay. Oh. So that's true. He knows a little too much about this. I... Gosh, I guess I'll go with ESPN. Yeah. ESPN. That's probably true. So I was on ESPN. Oh. I was 12, and I was part of the Little League World Series. So we oh. were at the Super Regionals in San Bernardino, California, and we got to play in one of our games. Two of our games, I believe, were televised on ESPN. Oh, so, yeah, That is cool. Okay. Okay. Uh, True. The wooden bat was signed by Mickey Hatcher, mm-hmm. played for the Dodgers at the time, mm. and... I don't know if it was a real signature or fake signature, so I might have tricked you guys on this one. But <laughs> it was one that it was very similar to a Sandlot story. I swiped it out of the, the office, and mm. it was my dad's bat. Oh, dear. And we took it over to Lampy Park, and my brother and I were playing ball, and I broke my first wooden bat wow. uh, that wasn't mine. And, and the Golden got in a Knights, little trouble, I'm guessing, but a bit. that's a, a different little, day. Just a little. Mm-hmm. And the Golden Knights is a lie. Okay. So I was selected to, so it was a raffle that I put in when I was the principal up at Wattel. Oh. They came by and uh, the recruiters came by the school and you could put a business card in and they could select you. They selected me and it just happened to be during a time that I couldn't go, I couldn't make it. And so I was signed up and ready to go skydiving with them. You drive out, it was only a couple hour drive to get to where their base is and I had to pass. Would you have done it? Totally. Yeah, I feel like you would have. Would you so, have, Lindsay? No. No, me either. No. Okay, good. Yeah. I couldn't even go in a hot air balloon. I went this summer, and I was like, uh, I can't look over the edge. They wanted us to release popcorn. I was like, nope. <laughs> nope. That's a hard pass. You. My recurring nightmare from my childhood till adulthood, I have it a couple times a year, is about hot air balloons. So uh, oh. that's a no for me, too. <laughs> I think it's just not my thing. Oh. So yeah. that's an almost true for you, though. Almost. It's an almost, almost true. It's a what would have been, what could have been. What could have been. Well. So, I tried to trick you guys. Oh, it was. I only thought you knew a lot about it, and that's what tricked me. Yeah, because I've you never heard facts. of the Golden Knights. I did. I looked into it. I wanted to go. But you were go. going to. That's why. I was why. going oh. to go. I so had a close. date set and everything. Dang. Couldn't well, do it. Couldn't make it happen. Wow. My dad's going to like this episode because there's a lot of baseball talk. He likes the Dodgers. Good for him. Oh. And loves a Little League World Series. Sweet. I know. So does my dad, but um, I don't know if he listens to podcasts, so I'm... Well, we'll for sure Bob is not listening. <laughs> <laughs> we know that. That's a guarantee. Unless we send it to him. Yeah. Uh, that will be perfect. Uh, Mark, now that we know the uh, two truths and a lie, and I feel like we got a pretty good glimpse into into some of the person you are, um, give us the um, like the brief resume of how how'd you get here uh, to this work. Oh, my gosh. I know. Um, how brief do I need to be? Gosh. You so start where you I'm want, but you, don't uh, start with their like your first birthday. So I'm going to go back. Yeah, I won't <laughs> we don't do have that. time for that. I won't do that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah. Nope. Um, I would say that I was interested in education 
Uh, there were a few people, and I'll, I'll name drop a sure. few folks. So when I was in high school, I played baseball. Okay. And my coaches were, you know, the people that I looked up to the most. Um, I'll include my dad, who's mm-hmm. been, you know, coached my entire life. Yep. Uh, Hal Wheeler. Yep. Um, your dad mm. was a huge inspiration. Um, John Glover, who's mm-hmm. the athletic director and dean of yep. students at Douglas High School now. Yeah. Um, all these guys that kind of foster those connections and, and relationships with with kids on the team and, and with me, but it went beyond the ball field. I didn't play after high school. Yeah. Um, but I took that drive to connect with people with me. Mm. Um, when I was in high school, I had a math teacher, uh, Christine Enzyme at Douglas High School. Yep. Um, and she was one of the people that... She's a podcast listener. She's going to hear you name drop her. Well, and she I've listens. name dropped her before. I've told yep. her this many times. She's fantastic. Um, yep. One of the big reasons why I got into education was the way that she was able to connect and relate to kids. And um, mm. that was my sophomore year in an mm. integrated three class. Wow. And so, you know, you get those people that push you down that road. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I did. And I went and did the four and a half year plan at UNR yep. and got my undergrad in teaching math secondary education. Um, I taught math for nine years at Douglas High School, mm-hmm. and then I was hired as the athletic director and dean of students. It was a teacher on special assignment yep. position. Um, and then from there, I was hired as the principal mm-hmm. at the Lake Schools. Mm-hmm. I was there for a year, and then this position opened up, and now I'm going on year two as director of grants and accountability. Nice. So it's kind of snowballed a little bit, and, and yeah. I tell people it's it's not ladder climbing it's you know you have an opportunity in front of you you have a challenge put in Mm -hmm. front of you and you know some of the things that we may end up talking about it's i i live for challenges you know and i want to push myself to to do more and be better and those have all been the challenges along the way so that's what's landed me here yeah that's funny we've heard that um from adam deadman as well so um in in his episode so that um that's very cool. I um, I think if you had asked, if like you could rewind and ask 25-year-old Carly, like, what's your, you play out what's your career going to look like, and none of it would have played out this way. Like, I never could have no. predicted the road, and it just was opportunities that presented themselves at times that were the right time or something, a different time, whatever it was, and uh, here we are. Opportunities and people and conversations. Right. All the things, right? For real, yeah. So, so it wasn't yeah. maybe this. It wasn't the plan you had, but it's the plan you live. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. There it is. So yeah, you've had um, my chair squeaky. Yeah. A lot of experience with um, being in the classroom, being an administrator, and moving into your position now. Um, so oh wait, I skipped ahead. It's okay. Okay. Uh, I, I think that's really important, but I am kind of curious about because you said, um, you know, this wasn't your plan, and here you are doing this work a challenge, but um, I think people always wonder why people leave the classroom. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. A lot. It's a hard move. It I is mean, a hard move. And you don't really, I mean, you don't know, you can't plan it out. Like, I'm going to be in the classroom for this many years and then move to this job and this job, like you were saying. And you grants kind of and know. accountability, I don't know. That's it, probably one where lots of people are like, mm, no, thank you. Right. Sounds so like a lot of numbers. Maybe your why would be a good thing for us to understand. Yeah. Sure. Like, why, why this work for you? I love that question. Um, It's easy to go back and reflect and think about my why initially, and that was working with kids. 100%. You know, you talk about being in the classroom and teaching kids and helping them overcome, and Mm -hmm. everybody's got, you know, you you have this great vision and this great picture of what you want to do and that you're going to help everybody. Yeah. Same thing with coaching, and I coached a lot of sports as well, and you just want to work with kids and give back, and 
Joe Andrews and Jay Fry yeah. gave a great talk a couple of years ago at yeah. one of our learning forums about find your why. Yeah, and they I did it with Terry that. White, and yeah. it really they're great friends of mine and have been for a long yeah. time. And so you think back and reflect on their conversation. Joe Andrews actually did that again for our leadership yeah. forum this summer, hmm. and one of the things that he said, and I am with him on this, is your why evolves. It doesn't necessarily change, I don't think, but it evolves as you learn more about yourself and as you develop your strengths and you develop your talents, um, your why tends to change a little bit. It's still rooted in the same stuff. We all want what's best for kids. That's why we're in this business and we're in the business of people, but along the way you learn some of your strengths and you play some of those strengths. And so it's easier for me to take on a challenge when the challenge has to do with you know, looking at systems, looking at efficiency, looking at yeah. communication, when it has to do with, you know, what what the organization of something is. Those are some of the strengths that I, I bring, and so that kind of feeds my why. And, and ultimately, though, it's what can I do to have an impact on, on our school district, and what can I do to have an impact on, yeah. on our kids. Yeah. So. Yeah, and we're thankful that you're in that position, because I feel like that is, I don't know, I, I don't know a lot about your job, but I know that it is not something that is a strength of mine. Yeah, um, yeah figuring out all the grants and the, the data that you need for that and the spreadsheets and stuff. But I do know that that's how... But I mean, we have to have that. That I mean, money allows us to do things for kids we couldn't do without it, right? Yeah. So this position is, is essential. And so that's one, of those, that's one of those evolutions of my why is, you know, here's something where I don't necessarily have a direct impact on kids every single day. I'm, right. not, I'm not in the classroom working yeah. with students. Mm-hmm. I'm not in the building working with students. Yeah. But I get to see the impact, Bigger you know, picture. that providing this this program has or, you know, being able to fund this position has. And, and we want this program right. for these schools, and we can ride that in and see if we can't get funding for it. You know, we got a couple of great competitive grants that went through and we were we were approved funding for some stuff that we're able to to take care of and support some of our schools I mean this year our um, alternative schools have extra support that they haven't had before because we were able to to reach out and get some funding for so and we're talking support in licensed teachers people working as interventionists with students at the secondary level which happens in the building Jacobson High School um, out of China Springs they have tutors and support to help, help get kids, you know, credits that, that they're lacking, credits that they need. Right. So it's, yeah. it's fun in that regard. Mm-hmm. Right. With this ultimate goal of, of students being able to graduate. Right. And yeah. that's like the big picture, which we're all about as well, is moving all of our students toward graduate graduation. That's mm-hmm. a tongue twister for me today. <laughs> but, you know, that idea of, of graduation, we haven't really talked about that a lot on this podcast, but I think that yeah. uh, maybe we will. Uh, but that's the ultimate goal, right? And that mm-hmm. allowing secondary school uh, maybe don't always get the money, mm-hmm. especially that kind of money. That's the first yeah. that I've seen, and I've been here for a long time. Mm-hmm. So it's very exciting. It was good stuff, and, and you know, it's never too late to help help kids and yeah. give them the tools that they need to be successful. Right. So It's so great. Yeah, yeah. so true. I'm glad um, we came back to that. I know. We yeah. needed that. Yeah, we did need that. this now. Yeah. Okay, so you have seen Epic from the start mm-hmm. um, as a teacher, now administrator, or then administrator, now at the district level, mm-hmm. and as a parent. You have two boys. They are how old are they now? So, Cooper and Tyler. Tyler is eight, and Cooper's ten. Oh my gosh! Wow. Okay. Um, Third yeah. And fifth grade. Gosh, I'm feeling old. Um, So talk to us a little bit about um, what you, like your perspective of Epic 
from a parent's position and also from being at the district level, an administrator, because yeah. you've kind of been through it. So it was introduced to me when I was the dean of students. And so that was a tough kind of yeah. rollout just from that that position. I wasn't right. in the classroom to see how that worked, but I was able to, I was part of cohort one, so I was able to kind of facilitate some of those. Mm-hmm. Um, we were going through the learning modules and helping kind of understand what, what it looks like. To, and originally, it was about the culture of the school and what are we trying to do to help improve mm-hmm. this culture, the culture of classroom. Right. Um, so a lot of my early experiences were from being a parent. And Tyler was lucky enough to have you as his kindergarten Thanks. teacher. Yeah. Um, and you were student. part of <laughs> You're just saying that because we're on the podcast. Tyler, no. you better be a good student. Do your homework, clean your room. I don't know room. if Tyler's one of our um, 84 listeners. <laughs> I'm guessing that's a no. <laughs> oh, they're both going to be listening to this oh, yes, whenever this comes are. out. So yeah, they, 86 they are. at least. Yeah, there we go. Um, no, but I got to see it from a, a parent's perspective and what he was able to do during that time. And it was fascinating. It's, it's so amazing to me when you can go into a classroom and you can hear a five-year-old, six-year-old, seven-year-old talk about their learning and why and what and how. And just, I mean, I I would imagine that parents throughout time can be impressed with just how inquisitive their kids are and and watching the the brain grow and Mm -hmm. watching it learn. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's something about fostering that curiosity that Epic has shown, at least what Mm -hmm. I would say to my two boys, um, that has been the most impressive thing. I yeah. love watching that. And now, you know, third and fifth grade, they both had a ton of exposure to it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we went to back to school night a couple weeks ago, and, and um, they were both so excited. The first thing they wanted to do was share that with their badge books. And here's what oh it is. And we talked through what their badge books were and what are they what are they working on, what are they learning, what does this mean. Game changer. It is a huge game changer. Yeah. And, you know, I think the the biggest change that I've seen has been um, just their number sense. And I'm a yeah. math guy, and so I yeah. pay attention to that stuff, right? Yeah. But their number sense. We, we'll go on a road trip, and they're calling out. We play this game where we'll call out the numbers that we see on license plates. You have to add up all the numbers, so whoever uh-huh. does it first. And uh-huh. so this has been, I mean, it's been a while since then, so let's take a second grader and a fourth grader that are looking at the license plates on the yeah. cars as we drive by, so and they're cool. adding up all the digits because they know grouping, they know the number sense, yes. and they're able to computer really quick we're playing math games in the car and they're reading you know Tyler will bring a book sometimes and he'll read Will his brothers at Taekwondo practice so Mm -hmm. it's just they're inquisitive they're learning and it's transparent which is the coolest part for me I think so too I think um the idea of the badge book data notebook interchangeable right two different names for the same thing uh, that was where I really saw kids in classroom shift Um, as an outsider coming in Mm -hmm. and coaching teachers as they were implementing epic instruction but it was like the transparency of learning and then kids were so proud of their accomplishments and so motivated which I think motivation especially post-pandemic it's tough for kids is really tough right Mm -hmm. how do we motivate them and I think that no matter what age level and we work with adults Lindsay and I work Mm -hmm. with adults and you would the stickers they want stickers. Like, adults <laughs> want do. stickers. So they we're like, haha, we have a plan for you. But, a, like, badge book for our adult learners. It's amazing, that little thing, but where they can talk about where they are, what's coming next, what they've earned, what they're still working on. And even so proud so of. So clear. 
I remember in my class, like the kids talking about their work and they're like, oh, I'm, I'm just at a level two right now, but I have to do this, this, and mm-hmm. this to get to a three. And they're still so proud of that. Like yeah. it doesn't, you would think like, oh, everyone's going to be sad because they're not Mm-mm. at a three, but no, the, the fact that they're so aware. And I know we've seen this too in our instructional walks, talking yep. to kids yeah. with their yep. badge books and data notebooks. So I can think yeah. back to high school being in Lee Luce's chemistry yeah. class yeah. and going to the, the, uh, cabinets on the back wall and when she would post grades and it was a competition it was that was like our scoreboard yeah you know and you don't do that anymore you're not posting no. the kids names or numbers evolution we're, we're, yes We've evolution yeah. but you could go back and you could see that and you always wanted to be at least in my mind I want to be on the top of the list yeah, I, want right. to be, I want to have a better score than anybody else and you find those group of people that you compete with and it was just kind of that 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 motivator mm-hmm. right just an additional motivator right. in class but for students that weren't in that position or they're struggling or they're having a hard time wrapping their head around mm-hmm. maybe chemistry is not their thing, these badge books, it's so cool because it's it's almost like a kid's personal scoreboard. For real. Yeah, so to speak, 100%. Right? Yeah, that's so, a great way to describe it. So yeah. here's the standard that I'm working on, and I know what it is, and I know what I'm supposed to be doing, and I'm at a one or I'm at a two, mm-hmm. and I really want to get to that three. They have that. And mm-hmm. if they want to share with others, they can share with others. But if it's about intrinsic motivation and they just want to see it for themselves, then they've got that. Yeah. And they were both super proud to, to share it. And they're not they're not the most competitive at everything, you know, but mm-hmm. they're brothers and they compete with each other. And so they wanna <laughs> yeah. they wanna show what they know and how well they're learning. So I'm it's pretty that. cool. They were very proud of those. I think about growth mindset and like the original research on growth mindset and this idea of like, it's about effort and it's about praising the learning process. And for me, that's what the badge book does. And Mm -hmm. and that's where kids are like, I'm okay being emerging or I'm okay being developing. And as I work toward being proficient in my standard and that's growth mindset at work, right? Like that Carol Dweck be super happy with seeing this work, right? Where kids are there recognizing where they fall and wanting to put the energy and effort into becoming proficient, which is really yeah. what we're talking they about. Understand. It's not just like, yay, growth mindset, but that is growth mindset. So yeah. And not just doing it because my teacher told me I have to do this. Right. They want to yeah. do it. They want to learn and get better. Yeah. Yep. So. And every step along the way, they have, like I said, the biggest thing is just their curiosity and watching them be so curious about what they're learning in, in class has been amazing. Yeah, And I so think that's, that's something that we kind of – tend to lose and uh for kids as they get older they kind of become more about just tell me what i have to do and i'll do it right and and that right there if we can if we take nothing else away maybe that's the thing like epic is about curiosity and keeping that curiosity for kids as they go along through all of our all of their learning till they graduate but being able to adapt and and evolve with the kid and personalize that to them because what motivates one may not motivate the other right but if you find that tool that helps those kids wrap their heads around what they're learning why they're learning how they're learning oh my gosh so good yeah so Mm -hmm. so good for sure well with that we have what we like to do is a rapid fire it's just a short sweet uh you don't even really have to say why unless you want to um in education um it really uh it just goes like this what do you think we should keep doing what do you think we should stop doing what do you think we should start doing um yeah so that's it's you or any of those you don't have to do them all and you can just say, you don't have to give an explanation, just okay. keep doing, start doing, stop doing. We should keep adapting and evolving. Mm, yes, preach. We should stop trying to fit every kid into the same mold. Yeah, One size totally. fits all education. Yes. And we should start 
analyzing and revisiting how we assess. Yeah, that's been a theme. And how we monitor growth or mm-hmm. measure growth. That has definitely been a theme when we have asked this question. Yeah. Um, I really like our direction this year and work with um, common formative assessments and some training that's coming up and mm-hmm. um, probably actually will have passed by the time this airs. But um, I think we struggle a lot with getting really good data in teachers' hands. And I think I was actually having a conversation earlier today um, at Douglas High School about the idea of the best data teachers can bring is just their data that they generate in their classrooms, whether you're looking at who's failing right now (laughs) and what do we do about that? Or uh, here's this assessment and I don't know what's going on here Uh, because a lot of the data we get or don't get takes so long that it's not actionable anymore. So I I think that's really important. We've had some really good conversations about there, it's called a wig. We were in a mm. conference talking about a wig, a wildly important goal. Oh, right. Yes. And so you find that one thing that works. And part of that comes with, you know, having a scoreboard and how are you going to measure this? Yeah. But some of the other points of this would be about lag data and lead data. Mm. And so, you know, when we look at so many things, if you've got lag data, it, the opportunity to change or have an impact based off of that is past. So, so it's like really mean you're like lag. Yeah. It just lags. Yeah, okay. It's at the end. And so if you look at our SBAC scores, we get our SBAC scores after the fact. What is a teacher going to do to adapt to meet the kids' needs after they see those scores? Well, really nothing. Nothing. We'll we'll see. I mean, we can use and measure how we did, but it's it's an autopsy of what's already happened. Where lead data is stuff that, okay, I can see it, and it's actionable. So once I have this information, what can I do to to adapt? What can I do to adjust and modify to help Mm -hmm. those kids grow? Um, And so... I think that, you know, it is worth looking at. It is important. And mm-hmm. when we do get into some of our PLC work, what, what are teachers bringing and what are they able to, to see and, and really work behind and get into the weeds with right. to understand, you know, where the trouble spots are and where our success is mm-hmm. so that we can help kids. Right. And I understand. I mean, I understand how the world works. So yeah. a lot of our stuff in your office has to do with that lag data because that's how the bigger picture is measured and stuff. But yeah. um, I think, and then... So that's for getting money and that's for getting the things. But when it comes down to doing your everyday job as a classroom teacher, it's that lead data. Like, what can we just look at that's Correct. generated here, reasonable time frame? We can talk about it. We can make a plan and actually work that plan in, in a week, a couple weeks, six weeks, whatever it yep. is. And ideally, one feeds the other, right? So your lead data, you're able to look yeah. at the stuff that you're doing now and make those adjustments. And then at the end of it, then our lag data improves. So. Fingers crossed. I think Fingers that's crossed. been the hardest part. And I honestly, I if we're being honest, it's been the biggest frustration for teachers mm-hmm. is they have, I mean, I'm in the 11 years I've done this work, I've seen such huge changes in classroom instruction, especially in mathematics. Um, amazing. Like classrooms where I, I want to stay all day and take math, right? Like this is, it's fun. It's exciting. It's curious. It's, it's personalized. It's all the things. And then we get this data and it's like, no, Right. It's not showing that. And that, for teachers, is so self-defeating. It just feels horrible. And I don't know how we get to that. And I, we're not going to solve that today. But it is something where I've been sitting, like, why aren't we seeing the gains that we should when we know the instruction is really great? I couldn't agree more. And that's mm-hmm. why I think that what we got to start doing is looking at and analyzing and revisiting what those assessments are and how we're how we're using that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And maybe... Maybe that's the key is and really being 
those smaller chunks really using mm-hmm. that data to drive it. Maybe we didn't do so much of that. Like we did great instruction, but maybe we didn't look at results as clear, as much as we need to or something. So right. I don't know, but um, I think it's good work for this year. I'm excited to see how it goes. Um, I'm excited about our elementary common um, formative assessments. Mm-hmm. Um, they're in their pilot phase this year, which is amazing. That is so much hard work, oh, energy, gosh. and effort on teachers' parts. They're uh, putting for sure. in a ton of work for that. It's oh great. my gosh. It has been hundreds and hundreds of hours. So hats off to those committees that did all that work in math and ELA. Um, over the last year. Yeah. So um, one other question that we always like to ask is, uh, what's your educational superpower? This is a hard one. I know. Yeah. That's why we ask it. Uh, well, <laughs> Hard-hitting yeah. questions yeah. here. Yeah. I know. You guys are trying Just to get wait. me. Yeah. We're trying to get to the um, 85 listeners, uh, 87. <laughs> so I've recently been told mm. to have a quiet confidence mm. that I thoroughly and thoughtfully look at things and respond accordingly. I know. I would say that's, that's a little a bit deeper. That's a little yeah. bit deeper than I think I was originally thinking about this, but then the more I thought of, I don't know, it's kind of a cool compliment. Yeah, um, I would take that. I, I like yeah. I like looking at systems and looking for effectiveness and efficiency. Me too. And I'm organized. Some folks call me OCD, but I call myself organized. Oh, yeah. Good so, frame. Yeah. yeah. And it's Excellent. necessary for your job, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And quiet confidence probably quiet is confidence. a good thing. Um more of us probably could benefit from that. I think so. <laughs> little yeah. confidence uh, would just belief that we are what we are. We, mm-hmm. uh, we've Lindsay and I've talked about this. We think this is a pod uh, episode two. This um, think it's a systemic thing that teachers never feel like they're enough. You know, they mm-hmm. lack that. There's that confidence that we have a certain level of it, but then there's that. But it's not enough. Whatever I'm doing is not enough. Constant right. nagging of that, and so. Um, I like that. And yeah. that's so hard because we, we always want to do more. And we want to, you we know, want to be save the, the world. Perfectionists and yeah. Yeah. want to make sure we're doing what's right. Absolutely. Well, right. now we're well, really to the hard-hitting questions. Yeah, this, um, one's, this is the would you rather. This one's really tough. So. Yeah. She's flipping through a book. She's flipping through the book. I found a good one. Yeah. Found a good one. So you did know what the question was going to oh, be. Oh, we she know. Knows. Yes, we oh, know, but we don't tell. don't tell me. No. All right. Yeah. But we have an answer. Like, Harley and I have not talked about what we would pick. But you've had time to think about it. I don't even remember the question, I, if that helps you. <laughs> That's you how today's been. A little better. No idea. Yeah. Would you rather get flour in your face or an egg smashed over your head? Oh, my gosh. I know. You went culinary route. <laughs> we did, yeah. We yeah. did. Flour, so flour in, in your my face. face or an egg smashed on my head. Mm-hmm. Um, Have you had either of these things happen before? Yeah, probably in the same... Oh. Culinary event. I don't know. Really? I don't know. Don't you mix eggs and flour? Oh. No, together? Not. Like, oh, yeah, oh, you yes. do. Yeah, you're right. So, like, I'm a terrible cook, but I've never had that happen in my own cooking experience. So, yay me. I guess yeah. I'm not as bad as I thought. Well, then you may not be as a terrible a cook as I am. Well, see? So, there you go. Um, what would you pick? Gosh, I would pick... I would probably pick flour in the face. Really? Yeah. I'm not sure why. I don't really it have a justification. Well, no. Why. You don't even have to because this is, who cares? It's not going to happen, hopefully. Something about sli- slimy egg all over. Your I don't head. know. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. go egg. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I have a gluten allergy, so oh, I don't know yeah, if no like, I need to have flour. 
No, you know, we that would not be good We can modify face. and make it a gluten-free. Gluten-free. So gluten-free oat flour in your face <laughs> or an egg cracked on your head. But I've heard, I think that you can, um, is it an egg you put to make like a hair yeah, mask? Yeah, you do. You can make so it. So I'm kind of thinking like, that maybe I could, you Glenn know, Plake, help the my mohawk. hair. Oh my used gosh. to be egg mohawk. Yeah. yeah, it was a thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to go egg, even if it's oat flour. as a kid. Really? Egg whites. Yeah, to, the, to make your mohawk. Yeah, yeah. that's a thing. I will say my sister, one day, one time at UNR, we did a color run when the kids were little mm-hmm. where, you know, they, they throw the yeah. colorful. Um, and my sister, we were talking and they threw like whatever color, purple, right. And it just went right in her mouth and in her oh. nose. And it was horrible. Like she was coughing flour, like that dusty stuff yeah. for like forever. So I don't know. I don't know. Egg. No, you eggs do it. Yeah, yeah egg. let's go egg. Okay. I'm going I'm to egg. Two eggs and a flower. It. Yeah. I'm sticking <laughs> with good. it. I have a Two justification now. Oh, okay. I feel oh, like well. it would feel so much better to be clean after having that. Like yeah. it's so much oh. more effort and energy to get that off of you oh. that you would feel so much better, better. being clean mm-hmm. after that than versus an egg. Like okay. an egg would probably be easier. Oh, you might have like little um, shells. This from the guy that likes challenges. Now we understand. Now we understand. Yeah. Um, We're going to finish today's episode with your You Can't Make This Up. Um, So we like to do this segment because um, we feel like, one, it unites those of us working in schools because you come with the best laid plans every day and then the real world happens. Mm -hmm. But we also want any other listeners, we do have folks that listen that are not in education, um, and we want them to understand what a day in the life is like. So um, (laughs) we uh, asked you to come up with a you can't make this up, and we can't wait to hear it. Well, this took some time to narrow down. As the dean of students, I saw some stuff. I bet. Um, Yeah. I have two. Okay. Can I share two? Yeah. You sure can. So the first one I have was I was coaching cross country, and um, we would – you know, take kids. Sometimes we would bus out to some of the trails. Sometimes we would just ran local local yeah. roads. You'll see the kids mm-hmm. in the afternoon in the fall running uh, downtown Minden. And we got back from a run one day, and we had a student who was a squirrel. He was all over the place all the time. And so half of the job was coming up with whatever the practice plan was for that day, and the other half of the job was making sure that we knew where this guy was. Yeah, right, yeah. And so, Eyes on, yeah. Yep. And so we're debriefing, we're getting ourselves ready for a race the next day, and the guy was coached with Jay Fry had a sheet put together, and, and he would put these motivational you know, mm-hmm. quotes, and he would send, spend time typing up. He's really great about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're talking with the team and getting ready to go, and here's the plan. And we turn around looking for where this kid is, and we can't find him anywhere. Oh, no. Next thing you know, you hear him, but you're looking around, and you couldn't find him. <laughs> he had climbed up to the top of one of the – to the top of the building above the gym at Douglas High School with one of the... What? Like, it was like a pipe on the outside oh of the building, gosh. and he used that to scale Just up scaled to the up. top Parkour. of the building. Oh, my God. Parkour. Yeah. Oh. And It's like terrifying. a toddler. Like, yeah. 20 right. seconds, you look it's away, and you're of, like, what happened? It's yeah. exactly right. And it's one of those, oh my gosh. What, do you, what do you do? What, what do you do? do? Why didn't I learn about this in college? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right? When you take it to your coaching classes, they don't tell you, look out for kids climbing the, the building. Scaling buildings. That will yeah. shimmy yes. up the pole and end up on the building. Oh, my gosh. Uh, That's and the, great. And the second one I had. Wait, how did he get down? I don't know. Did, oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I do know. There was, a, there was a roof over by corner, I believe, that like a shed that he was able to climb down. Oh, on my gosh. Parkour down. We had to parkour down. And yeah. Because yeah. that's not something like when his parents come to pick him up, like, oh, he's up there. Nope. You know, good like, luck. Yeah, yeah. 
Then it's yep. not your problem. No. This would be one of those where we could have got the Golden Knights to come in and help them down. Right. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Um, oh, man. The coaching, you can't make this up. No. For real. I know. I had a student in my math class one day. Um, I was teaching the lesson, and, you know, we're doing kind of one of those, here's here's what we're introducing, and then I want to see you guys working. Yes. And she's in the front row, and she kept having her hands in her pocket, in her hoodie, her yeah, hoodie like her, pouch. Yeah. 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 And I would call on her to, like, get her re-motivated and mm-hmm. kind of come back with us and let's work on this. I need you to take this note. Yeah. I want you to show me. So she'd take one hand out and she'd write, and then she'd go back to paying attention with her hands in her pocket. Oh, dear. Right. Mm. Nervous after a while, like, what is happening? And so I quietly, discreetly walked over at one point. Hey, everything okay? What's going on? Yeah. And she pulls a rat no. out of her hoodie. A live one? A live rat oh, she had brought to school. Oh, my God. During class, like what? What do you do with that? What Somebody do you do their with pet that? Rat to school, and Strangely it was a big enough, rat. I've heard stories of pet rats at school, um, no. as well. So it was a big rat, great. and yeah. so it's the last class of the day. She either had gone home for lunch and brought her rat it back out of school, or had been there all, all day. day. And I'm just picturing like feeding little crumbs oh or something. <laughs> Where was it long. going to the bathroom? Like don't so ask many questions. questions. Yeah, yeah, don't, don't ask questions. Don't ask. No. So anyway, so it's one of those things where we have doc. Hey, okay, go home. Don't bring your rat back to school. Yeah, something like, you thought else? you'd never say. Yeah, exactly. To right. a high school student. Do not bring your rat to school. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh huh. <laughs> you may not bring rats, ducks, mm-hmm. um, ducks other things. A, I yeah. know. Ducks I know. Things. Snakes. Yeah. Uh, oh, Leslie told things. us a story oh, we're about gonna, a snake. Yeah, we have to come back to Leslie's. You can't make this up because the student that was in uh, the desk in her story um, has a better, even more, you can't make this up story. So <laughs> the, the animals at school is yes. real. Like that's real. Pe- kids thing. sneaking animals to school is a real thing. It's so thing. look out. Uh, yeah. If you're a new teacher, <laughs> check for animals yeah. in oh, gosh. pockets, backpacks. Uh, I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Well, well Mark, well, we thank you for yes. helping us get rich today. Thank, thank yeah. you guys for having me. Thank you for. Yeah. This is great. So yeah, fun. Being on and telling a little more about yourself. Subscribe and like. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, and wherever else you get your podcast. Click the link. Yep.